Life's journey. Life's journey isn't just given to the swift or strong. The journey is given to every man, woman, boy, girl, animal, plant, and any living thing that lives and or moves. Each is given a time and space to occupy. Within that time and space, it is expected to reach its destination. To prepare for the journey, it is important to first know where you are going and how long you plan on staying and will there be stops along the way. Are you also prepared to occupy a space that you did not plan for? Remember, the destination wasn't handed to you in an envelope or spoken to you with enough volume that you could record and save it. Your creator said it just loud enough that you could feel it and not hear it, but was only meant for you to receive the destination of your journey. Many would call this crazy thinking that one would set off for a journey without having a precise and clear concordance and navigational detail to secure one's arrival. I call this faith, belief in non-tangible facts or truth. Instead, believing in succession of images, thoughts or emotions passing through the heart, mind and spirit. I guess you could also call this dreaming. Now that we have defined that your life's journey is defined by your faith and your dreams ordered by someone greater than you, I understand the procrastination in getting started if you have not yet first cleared yourself for takeoff. No one can decide this but you. The longer you wait to begin your countdown, the less time you have to reach your destination. Remember, time waits for no one. So my message to you today, stop wasting time and begin your journey. If not today, when? Hello, travelers, podcast listeners, and welcome to The Journey. My name is Bourbon Harris, president and CEO of Renaissance Youth Center. I'm also a producer, singer, songwriter, musician, father, husband, and a pretty darn good friend. Um, excited about doing my first podcast. Um, been talking about doing this for a while, and, and now the opportunity presented itself, and I'm, I'm really pretty excited about it. And it's called The Journey, and I thought it would be kind of cool that as I enter into this journey that I first talk about myself. And why, is we, why do we call this The Journey? Because I actually feel like you, you never quite arrive anywhere. You know, life is full of, like, these plateaus and these experiences. But we never quite arrive, right? So you, you never quite arrive to peace, right? So if you look at the true definition of peace, I think it means something like uh, a place of non-disturbance, right? So if we have arrived to a place of non-disturbance, we're probably locked in a closet somewhere or, or we're dead, right? But we have peaceful moments, right? So... I think it's important to celebrate peaceful moments. We have, you never have a life just full of happiness, right? But you have happy moments, you know? In the same way you have these great things, you have some things that are negative in your journey as well, right? So you're not always in despair. You're not always poor. You're not always just, you know, you just have these moments and things in time. And that's, to me, that's what makes a journey complete, right? It has its ups and downs. But I think it's important to share the journey because, when you share the journey, then others can kind of learn from your experiences and learn not to go down that road 
oh no that's a dead end don't go down that way or you know what that road right there will take you right to where you need to be and so i'm hoping that through this podcast and people celebrating and discussing their journeys that we can kind of help each other on you know through this whole life path so that's that's the thing that's why we're calling this the journey and i thank you travelers for joining us um well first of all let me tell you where i'm at right now in life and right now i'm, I'm running this organization that's pretty amazing um, i'm actually the founder co-founder of the organization as well and president and ceo of renaissance youth center um this organization has been around for we've been doing it for 17 18 years um the whole thing is to empower at-risk inner-city youth to, become, to maximize their potential as law-abiding citizens, to have something positive to offer our society. And we do that, and I call it that we hook them and we cook them. You know, so we, we hook you by you being attracted to the music you know, uh, programming that we have or the sports programming, and then we kind of cook you with social development and academic enhancement. Um, so underneath the umbrella of programs, we have sports, we have basketball, we have soccer, you know, we have the after-school latchkey type programming. Um, then we have some pretty unique programming, and one of them is the MWAM Band, Music with a Message. This group is absolutely amazing. I call them our windows to the world. This group performs everywhere from Lincoln Center, Carnegie Hall, Yankee Stadium, Hershey Park, Great Adventures, you name it. They've done the big stages everywhere. But equally important, they do their very own community. So we do block parties and tenant association president days. You, you know, you name it, we try to be there. And we try to not just do the pop songs of what people know um, and kind of enjoy, but we write a lot of music. So we write songs like Pull Your Pants Up. You know, that song deals with the sagging pants epidemic in our community. And whoever thought that it would be a decade would go by and we still have people sagging their pants, right? Um, we write songs about gun violence, right? We partnered with Daily News to write a song about gun, gun violence. We wrote a song about asthma can't win, right? So we have the highest account of asthma in the country right here in the South Bronx and also areas of Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. So we wrote songs about that. It talks about the trigger of asthma and so, so on and so forth. We wrote a song about, I, I Remember You is the name of the song, and it, and it deals with death. And you say, man, why would you write a song like that? Well, at one point in time, we had so many murders and shootings in our community that nobody was helping these young people process death. So these kids are walking by hurting, 13, 14 years old, and you just lost your best friend, and you don't know how to process this thing. So we wrote this song called I Remember You, which kind of helps soften the blow of that. Um, songs called Kindness is a Culture. Yeah, I mean, and the list goes on and on and on. So these young people are absolutely amazing. And you can, you know, read more about them or hear about them on musicwam.org, musicwam.org. Um, amazing group of young people. Um, in addition to that, we have a youth council, and the youth council is taking off like crazy. So, once again, these are teenagers who represent every precinct committee in the Bronx. And how in the heck did that happen? I remember walking into the first precinct meeting with teens, and people looked at me like I was a zookeeper. I feel like I walk in there with a couple of gazelles, you know, like <laughs> people are like, hey, this guy's got teenagers here at a meeting. Because usually what happens at these meetings is that we talk about teenagers. Right. So and I always tell my teens hey, you can be angry, you can be mad, you know, at the politicians, you can be mad at NYPD, you can be mad at your, your principals, your teachers. But unless you sit at the table, it's a whole conversation. Unless you are in the room to hear the dialogue, you can never cause change. You're just walking away with your feelings. 
And so now we attend those meetings. And so those teenagers that we say, hey, I'm sick of these teens hanging in front of my building. Every time I come downstairs, they're in the lobby, you know, can't they go somewhere? So now the teenagers are there to tell you, you know what, ma'am, we're in the lobby because we have no place to go. We have no rec centers in our community. Sir, we're in the lobby because we, too, are afraid to go outside of our very own building in which we live. So now the conversation changes, right, because you have all the parties to the table. So that's how Youth Council, um, they're doing a five-borough tour right now to engage young people to get more involved. As a matter of fact, let's talk about that for a second, right? So in New York City alone, there's 1.5 million teens between the ages of 13 to 24. At least that's the, the guesstimated number. If you walk the streets, you don't see teenagers. Look in the parks, you don't see teenagers. Look in your churches, your synagogues, your places of worship, you don't see teenagers. Where are they? I ask that question all the time. Where are they? Now, yes, many of them are sitting back somewhere on a cell phone. I get it. And who, but whose fault is that even, right? And then you immediately say, that's their fault. That's all they want to do is sit on those cell phones. Well, let's go back a little bit. So when I was young, and maybe when you were young, based on how old you are who's listening to this podcast right now, we had all these different options. We had all these different sports, right? You had basketball, football, softball, rugby, lacrosse, diving teams. You know, you, you had fencing. You, you, you name it, it was available almost in every single public school and in almost every single rec center. Now, if you go to most of our public schools, we don't have any of the things I just mentioned. None of it. You don't have a football program. You don't have a basketball program. They're not, not, one, not one that competes anywhere. Kids don't even know what lacrosse and rugby is. They don't have a clue what fencing is all about. Matter of fact, I'll take it a step further. What happened to Woodshop? Home, home economics, electric class, pottery class. My mom got all of her gifts out of those classes. Every time we made something in pottery class, that was going to be a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. But you know, more importantly, it taught me to be good with my hands. It taught me also how to fix things, right? So those are the independent living skills I gathered, right? So by me taking an electric class, I can now change a light bulb or, or change a fixture or change a doorknob. Now we can't do any of those things. And so now when kids take to the cell phone to learn, we judge them. No. So we got this thing called Youth Connect. And what we're doing is we're going to every borough, you know, all five boroughs, and we're just encouraging teenagers, number one, hey, you know, we're not, we're not beating you in the head about this, you know, the cell phone. However, there are some other things that you can do and try to offer them some programs to get them involved. And we're also trying to develop a website that kids can kind of, kind of get on as a directory to be able to find different programs that they can rate and grade and so on and so forth. All right. So once again, Renaissance Youth Center doing some amazing things, after school, latchkey program, um, absolutely awesome. SAT prep, tutoring we have. You got to come by and see our STEM programming. Robotics program is like amazing. You know, our zoology program is through the roof. You got to come see it. We got, you know, trees growing inside of a room, like, you know, fake trees that kids have built. And let's talk about why we do things like that, right? So many of us can learn by reading. You know, we page through the book and we get the information. A lot of us is hands-on. And so what I mean by hands-on is that we have to experience it. So now that we have a zoology room that's full of hydropon, aquaponing, it's full of fish and reptiles and snakes and, and you name it. So now kids are not just reading about it. They're experiencing and they're learning it by hands-on application. So in order for you to take care of that fish, you have to know about his feeding habits. 
You have to know, well, why do those white spots and what do those white spots mean? What is nitrate level and acid level? What does pH balance even mean? So now, not only do you know how to run the test, but you also know how to fix and level out the water, right? You know the lifetime expectancy of that fish. So the fish died. Was that, did that mean that you didn't take good care of it or that his lifetime expectancy ended? So we're doing all those types of things at Renaissance. And once again, you can find out more information about Renaissance at Renaissance Youth center.org renaissance youth.org renaissance youth.org an amazing program if i say so myself so on this podcast here called the journey what i'm hoping to do is be able to interview many people and also get on and talk about my journey as i kind of go forth and so i felt like today would be a great time to start with me myself and i you know just talking a little bit about my life you know, um, me the recording artist or, or me the, the founder of the organization. But I also want to start like now back from day one as a little boy. So my parents uh, are from North Carolina. Mom and dad both um, did not graduate you know, high school. Matter of fact, I think my dad made it as far as the eighth grade. And my mom made it as far as the ninth um, they moved from North Carolina here to um, Long Island, Freeport, Long Island. My dad became a sanitation worker, uh, which he worked very hard each and every day. And my mom became a, a stay-at-home mom who was absolutely amazing. Um, seven, um, I have eight brothers and sisters. I almost Googled and said seven. I almost left somebody out. I have eight brothers and sisters. I have six boys and it's two girls. And I'm the second to the youngest. That's a rough place to be. You know, the oldest gets a lot of liberty and love and the baby. We know what happens to the baby. Oh, my God, that's my baby. That's my baby right there. That's my baby. But that one in the middle sometimes don't get as much. You say, well, you're not really in the middle. You're second to the youngest. Right. So that's almost like being a middle kid. Right. In addition to that, you know, my life was a little different than my, my brothers and sisters in the sense that uh, all of my brothers and sisters dropped out of school. So I was the first one to graduate high school. I'm the only one to go on to college. I'm the only one that played like several sports. Um, was involved in, I was the one that was involved in everything. I wanted to be in the science club, you know. I was the only black guy on floor hockey. And I just say floor hockey, not ice hockey. Um, played floor hockey, um, wrestled, ran track, basketball, diving team, you know, Little League, baseball, I, I, I wanted to do everything. Um, and it was kind of weird in a weird way because, once again, because of where I fell and how my parents were, my parents weren't very supportive of any of the things I just mentioned. So, you know, thank God for good coaches and good mentors who said, hey, I'll come pick them up. I'll bring them. I'll help him. If I didn't have those folk in my life, um, I wouldn't have experienced those things. And um, I'm reminded of a story of a, of a friend of mine, Darren Quinlan. Uh, he went on to play uh, D1 basketball at um, St. Bonaventure. And he said he remembers going to a game once and he looked over and he didn't see his father in the stands. And it affected his play. Second half of the game, his dad showed up. And how he was able to light him up from that from that point on, like, yo, dad is here, I'm good to go. And when he told that story, I couldn't 
relate because my parents never showed up to any of my games. But now looking back in retrospect, I think sometimes, and we talk about the journey, right? Those things prepare you for certain things in life. So I, for those of us that know me, I'm pretty independent. So I don't really, support is wonderful. You like to have support. You like to have accolades and people encourage you. But I guess because I've never had it really as a child, I don't look for it now as an adult. So when I set forth to do something, I, I think that the journey is a lonely journey. I think that you are going to set forth on this journey and no one's going to be there, which is why I probably excel more in track than any other sport because it's just my two legs in that, in that, in that track. There's no one else. You're not really running against anybody else. You're running against the time. You're not really training with anyone else. You're training by yourself very often. And it's a it's a personal thing. So that being said, I do believe that often in, on your journey and in life, that sometimes you go through things that will prepare you for bigger things in life. And so I do strongly believe that because of my parents not being there, and even as a musician, to this very day, my mom and my dad has never heard me sing. Um, at least never heard me sing in front of an audience. Um, play keyboards in front of an audience. Um, I played drums as a little boy in church. So my mom saw me do that because she took us to church on Sundays. But my dad has never seen me do that either. Um, but I no longer look at that as a negative. It's just something that's making me into a better person. So, yeah, that's part of my experience growing up. In addition to, you know, playing several sports and, and things like that, um, growing up as a child, um... Man, I gotta take a break. Uh, I thought I could move on, but it gets a little emotional sometimes. Um, and I guess that's why for these kids, I try to be there so much for them. You know, the Renaissance kids I'm speaking of, not just on my own children, but every child. Every child should have somebody in the stands. Every child should have someone who's picking them up, stuffing them in the car to take them someplace they want to be. Every child should have someone who's listening to their dreams and their visions. Every child should feel that there's somebody who's going to help them maximize their shall be. And I, and I call the shall be something that you're not now, but something you will be at some point. If someone takes the time to Massage that. If someone takes the time to cultivate that. Yeah. So on that note, I want to thank you all for joining me. Uh, thank you for listening. Again, my name is Bourbon Harris, CEO of Renaissance Youth Center. Uh, as you continue on life's journey, please make this one of your stops. Safe travels. <laughs>